Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noda Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine day after Christmas here? I hope everyone out there had a Merry Christmas. Grandpa, how was your Christmas yesterday? I'm dreaming of a white we had a white Christmas. I was yeah, just... well, it's something I can't say over here in Fort Collins, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh <laughs> and it snowed a little bit in the night, just a little, you know, dusting as they say. But you know, we got maybe an inch, maybe tops two inches. So it's not it's not one of those really great big storms, but we'll take it. Yeah. It was, was kind of nice to have that. Yeah, it's always nice to have snow for Christmas. So all right, well. While we were away from Husker football talk, of course, we had our Dylan Raiola commit uh, emergency podcast the last time you guys heard from us. Nebraska signed a whole new recruiting class uh, in the time that we've talked, Grandpa. And uh, they've signed 30 players from 29 from high school and then one as a transfer, FCS transfer, Bly Hill from St. Francis. Uh but uh, what are your overall thoughts on the recruiting class? Obviously, Dylan Arola is the big headline, uh, getting the highest-rated player Nebraska's had since 2006 uh, and the highest-rated player Nebraska's had since uh, ESPN's been keeping track of the data uh, ranking recruits. Um, but yeah. other than Dylan, what are your thoughts on the class? Well, I always say about rec- – I mean, it's like buying stock, you know, on the uh... – New York Stock Exchange. You don't know how these things are going to turn out till they get here, till they get a chance to play. How well do they play? How how often do they? How much do they get to play? Uh, on paper, this looks like a great recruiting class, uh, and I think these classes are going to continue to get even better uh, because of, I think the efforts, the time, the energy, the the blood, sweat, and tears, and toil that this coaching staff is, uh, has been putting on. It's, it's a thing of beauty. I think that, as, as I said, they're, they're, these classes are going to get bigger and bigger. I mean, by that, you know, more talent. So I, I, I guess my, if I had to just look at one thing there uh, that I think that, that stands out is do we have five legacy players coming into the program in this recruiting yeah. class? Um. You say, well, shoot, they you know, they have a head start because you know, in, in Dylan Riola's case, his dad was an All American center, Remington Award winner. Uh, but still, they have options to go wherever the heck they want to go, and yeah. uh, we got five of those. So, you want to talk about uh, th- those five yeah. players? Yeah. So those five players, we'll, we'll we'll say the player first, and then who they're. Uh their connection to Nebraska football previously, as you said, Dylan Rola, his father, Dominic. Um, and then uh, Donovan is the offensive line coach. So you got both those connections there. Yep. Uh, Quinn Clark uh, is a, he he's a high school recruit coming into Nebraska. His dad, Ken was a former running back for Nebraska. Caleb Benning, of course, uh, his father, Damon Benning, uh, who does a lot of the Husker uh radio stuff uh with greg sharp now he's been doing a great job with that so caleb benning is his kid he's from caleb benning's from omaha west side high school um and then keelan smith 
Uh, he's the son of former NFL All-Pro defensive end and Super Bowl winner Neil Smith, who went to Nebraska. And then Camden Cook uh, is, of course, NFL punt Ravens punter Sam Cook's uh, son. Uh, I don't believe Sam Cook is playing anymore. I could be wrong about right. that. But no, he, yeah, he, he, he retired. just retired. He yeah. just retired a, a few years ago, I think. So uh, very recent NFL former player. And I'm sure Camden is uh, looking to f- follow his dad's footsteps there. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, legacy players, that's huge. They don't necessarily have like on the recruiting front. Okay. Maybe there's a little bit of like, well, like I can understand that of just me trying to decide colleges right now. I'm not going to go play football for anybody. Um, and I still have this affinity for Nebraska because of how much I've watched it with you, grandpa, growing up watching Nebraska football and just being around Nebraska sports in general and just loving that so much um, that it's it, it somewhat affects my decision a little bit because it's that uh, nostalgia and kind of the love that you build over time, which you can't really do for some of the other schools. So it does give a slight head start in recruiting, I think. But of course, as you said, these kids can go anywhere. And when you're talking about football, they want to win. They want to get in the NFL. Right. So what's the program that can get them there? Uh, and if they're seeing Nebraska as that, that's huge. For Dylan Rella, that's huge. If he sees Nebraska like that, or if he sees that he, if he thinks he can help turn Nebraska into that. Um, so that's really big. Uh, let's go in by position here. Uh, I should say, uh, Chubba Purdy has decided to transfer out of Nebraska, which I, w- I was a little sad to hear. Of course, it makes sense yeah. with the two quarterback recruits coming in. Um, Jeff Sims, of course, we said transferred out. So now basically all that's left is Heinrich Harburg and then the two quarterbacks we just recruited, Dylan Rolla and Danny Kalen. Danny Kalen did sign with Nebraska, decided to stay. Uh, that's great for him. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get unless Dylan gets hurt or decides to transfer out. Uh, but uh I can see Danny transferring in maybe a few years, and maybe that's not a great thing to say about someone that just committed to your school. But uh, I think that he made the right decision development-wise, but maybe not playing time-wise. So it depends on what his values are and how he views the program. Uh, I think he could be really successful uh, if given the chance. So I'm not worried about uh, injuries. To I mean, of course, if Dylan goes down, people are probably going to get really uh, worried and that kind of stuff. But I think Danny Kalen's a great backup to have there. Um, and of course, maybe he'll beat Dylan out for the certain job. Who knows? Uh, my guess is he probably won't, but, uh, we'll see. So, and then we'll see what happens with Heinrich. Uh, if he decides to transfer, I don't know what he's thinking, uh, there, but, uh, it might just be these two guys in the quarterback room next year, which would be a sh- half as many quarterbacks as we had this year, which would, uh, maybe be a slight problem, but, uh, maybe Heinrich stays. So we'll see there, uh, receiver wise, We'll include tight ends in this as well. With Carter Nelson, of course, four-star uh, tight end. Ja'Cory Barney, who's a uh, wide receiver. Quinn Clark, a wide receiver from Montana. Ian Flint, a tight end. Davion Hall and, and Isaiah McMorris, both from uh, Bellevue West, same school as Danny Kalen. Uh, those guys are both wide receivers. Eric Wingerson, a tight end. And then Keelan Smith, as we already said, is a wide receiver. Uh, your thoughts on those guys I just listed there, Grandpa, including the quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to look at Carter Nelson as being, I mean, he's amazing, an amazing athlete. I've seen him play, um, not live, but uh, actually got to see one of his games. Uh, I guess it's by Zoom or I don't know what it was on. It was uh, and they played at Verdigree, Nebraska. And the, and the kid does, I mean, he could. he's a one-man football. I mean, he's a punter, he's a quarterback, he's a receiver, he's a running back. Um 
it's like it probably goes in and cooks you know hamburgers at, at the half I, I i i he's an amazing athlete that's all and to get him in this recruited class and he was recruited by alabama and all the all the big you know guys coming into uh uh, uh ainsworth nebraska and that nebraska got him that that matt rule recognized the talent that that carter has and wouldn't let him go and uh I, I I love that. I, I I think that's going to be neat. The other receivers on there, you mentioned Isaiah McMorris and and uh, David Hall from Bellevue West. Those guys are solid, proven receivers, and we all saw what what uh, what happened with Malachi Coleman and uh, Jalen Lloyd. Um, you know, they're both true freshmen, and they they got a chance to star, not just to you know run some routes, but they they made their presence known. So I'm ex really excited to see what those kids can do this next year and the next couple of years after that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, as you're saying, like, it wasn't like, Oh, Jalen Lloyd and uh, Malachi Coleman just had just a few big, big plays, whatever. They both had 70 plus yard touchdown grabs or someone close to that and big games. And they made, I mean, of course they're freshmen. So they're going to make some drops that of course you want them to catch and that kind of stuff. But they're definitely miles ahead of where they were coming into the program and they just developed really well. And I'm excited to see what these guys are going to end up doing uh, next year. Uh, especially I really like uh, you were talking about Carter Nelson. Of course, that's the highlight of the wide receiver tight end room that Nebraska recruited. Um, I also really like Davion Hall and Isaiah McMorris. I think those guys are going to be great. Uh, they have the chemistry with Danny Kalen already. So they've gotten reps with him and that kind of stuff. And so it's nice that all three of those guys are coming there. Um, yeah. Yep. And then, I, the guy that I really like out of this is Ja'Cory Barney. Uh, I, I believe he's from Florida. I'm not entirely sure on that. I forget. Uh, but he's a four-star recruit. Uh, just really solid route runner. He's super fast uh, and, and reminds me a lot of Jalen Lloyd. Uh, he, he doesn't have the dead sprint track speed that Jalen Lloyd does as much. He's still very fast. Uh, but, of course, you put these guys in pads and they slow down a little bit. But, um. Super excited to see what he can do. I think he could be a huge breakout star in year one, uh, along with Carter Nelson and then those other guys I listed. But we'll see what the rest of us rece uh, receiving core that Nebraska just recruited here. Uh, O-line-wise, real. I mean, the, the pipeline, I think, is back open for Matt Rule and in, in, in Nebraska. Grant Bricks, yeah. Landon Davidson, Jake Peters, Gibson Pyle, Xander Rugaroli. And Preston Tomua. Of course, we talked about Preston Tomua when we talked about Grant Bricks on the podcast before. I believe we talked about Gibson Pyle as well. Uh, they Nebraska fans have already nicknamed Gibson Pyle the Pile Driver, uh, which I think is. <laughs> they, they, I mean, it, they're the best fans in the country, of course, and just the nicknames already uh, is crazy. They we were making they were making signs for Kyle McCorn that said Kyle McCorn when he hadn't even really come to Nebraska. So I mean, I <laughs> you have that much commitment. From Nebraska fans, why would you not want to be here? So, uh, but just really, really solid offensive line. That's a that's a whole starting offensive line, and then a recruit uh, right there. And Preston Tom was also a four star, I should say. Um, Gibson Pyle is a high rated or higher rated on the scale three star uh, recruit, and all these guys are just going to be really solid. And of course, you saw with the offensive line injuries. I don't see any reason why some of these guys wouldn't be able to play uh, this coming season. If we get more injuries, like we did along the offensive line this year. And of course there'll be an experience, but you get that experience through playing time and that's the best way to do it. So, but all these guys are going to be great. 
Uh, defensive line, not as many. We just said Ashton Murphy. Uh, he's more of an edge, I believe. Uh, not entirely sure on that, but he's from Elkhorn South. Uh, really good player. We, I, I think you and I watched him play, Grandpa. Maybe I forget, but uh, really good player. Has just fights through everything. Works really hard. Uh, linebacker wise, Willis McGahee and Vincent Shavers. Vincent Shavers was the guy that I talked about last week or last episode, uh, the the one before the Dylan Iola emergency podcast um, that uh, I was saying was going to maybe flip to Nebraska. He was a four-star linebacker, according to somebody, uh, and apparently is just a three-star from what I saw in Rivals and on 247. Uh, but still, that's a big flip for Nebraska. They flipped, got him to flip on signing day. He's going to be really good. I should say, uh, Willis McGahee is the brother uh, oh. of... Is the son, yeah, is is the son of also named Willis McGahee, I believe. Yeah, he's a running um, back for Miami. For Miami, yeah. So yeah. that's that's great for Nebraska to get another Florida kid to come to Nebraska. Uh, defensive backs, where Nebraska has just been lights out, good at recruiting. You have Caleb Benning, uh, who I think earlier I said he was a wide receiver. He played both sides of the ball for West Side. Yeah, of course that's what yeah. they do in high school. Um, but he really liked playing defensive back. He just likes the. Um, the mind games and, and just covering uh, versus running routes. Uh, I, I, I listened to an interview with him talking about why he chose to be a defensive back versus a wide receiver for Nebraska. Uh, Mario Buford, uh, which I believe is the brother of Marquise Buford, but I could. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's, that's another legacy player uh, you could kind of add on there since Marquise right. just graduated, I believe, or I think he just is entering the draft. Uh, Roger Gradney. Uh, Rex Guthrie, Bly Hill, who's transfer portal, as I said, Donovan Jones, Braylon Prude, uh, Amari Sanders, uh, Larry Traver, and Evan Taylor. Uh, all those guys are going to make up a great secondary. I've seen a lot of good from a lot of those guys uh, just researching them and doing that kind of stuff before they even committed. They're going to be really great. And then, of course, uh, punter Camden Cook uh, for punter there and so we're gonna have quite the young special teams next year which is gonna be pretty crazy because i believe bushini's gone now um because he used up all his eligibility as far as i know but anyway uh -huh. i just read a lot of names and, and talked a lot there grandpa so what are your thoughts on o-line defensive line linebackers dbs that last half that i kind of just read off there well you know with caleb benning you get a guy who's a wide receiver he's a cornerback he's also special teams he return, returns punts He's a heck of yeah. a player, um, and his dad was a great player for Nebraska, too. Um, so that is yeah, – and then you mentioned Mario Buford. Uh, you know, I, you just see really good players down the line. Again, we won't know exactly how these guys are going to turn out, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think Rule has a way of finding and, and defining talent. The other schools might not – see the value in, in a player. And, uh, and it seems to me that, that uh, Matt rule has his antenna, you know, focused and he knows exactly what works and what doesn't work. And that's kind of exciting. So um, yeah, you're there. We didn't get a, a, a true edge rusher and we don't have a running back in the class, but Nebraska is hosting, I believe this weekend, uh, well, next week they're they're hosting Dante Dowdell. He's a running back from Oregon. Yeah, and I talked about him on our last episode before the Dylan yeah. Earl Emergency Podcast. Of course, uh, we talked about him visiting Nebraska, and that could be really huge. He's a former four-star recruit, I believe, running back. Uh, that would right. be great for Nebraska to get him. 
Yeah, it makes sense. You have a young running, you have a running back room coming back to Nebraska, so it makes sense they didn't recruit anybody. You have Emmett Johnson, who's young and has been playing really well and has been forced to play a lot or was forced to play a lot last season due to injuries to Gabe Irvin and uh, Ramir Johnson, who both those guys will be back this year uh, as well, which will be huge. That running back room will be uh, a okay. I think he didn't recruit there specifically because he knew that one. <clears throat> he might get this transfer portal guy and two, he already had a solid running back room to begin with. What else you got on the recruiting class as a whole here, grandpa, anything else we've gone through all the players. Uh, we've, we've read all the names. So that's all 30 of the uh, players that Nebraska signed, which I think is pretty big. Uh, when the, um, I haven't looked to see uh, where Nebraska finished ranking. Uh, wise 19th and one poll and 21st and another i, I don't know it's not yeah. is i think is the big or the best that that we've been ranked i uh, i just looked on rivals and i saw 17th uh yeah. on rivals which yeah. i mean top top 20 basically i guess we can we can yeah, narrow yeah. it down to that yeah. Yeah. um but that is uh, really, really good for Matt Rule's first true recruiting class because last year, remember, he had a scramble and everything. I think it was 25th, somewhere around there. Um, but getting Donarella definitely pushed it up a couple notches there. Uh, and that would be, I mean, this recruiting class, as you said, you can rank up as high as you want, but it's really about if you develop the guys. So we'll, we'll see how thing, that all turns out. One thing that I that we need when we're talking about we recruited only one or signed only one uh, D line player Ashton Murphy, but w what you got to factor in is the the Ty Robinson and Nat Hut Hutmacher are coming back for another yeah. year, and that that's like getting two experienced great players on the transfer portal. So oh that, yeah, we lose Marcus Washington. I were you a little bit surprised that he's entering the 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 draft? Who entered the draft? Marcus, I didn't see that. Marcus Washington. You know, he's, Buford. No, no, Marcus Washington, a, a wide receiver. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was a little bit surprised with that because I had seen that. Um, I mean, one, I don't think he's going to get drafted. He didn't play it all this year, uh, and and he didn't really play that much. Uh, I mean, he he played. He was our second. He was our wide receiver two yeah. two years ago with Casey Thompson because, of course, you had um, Trey Palmer. Yeah, Trey Palmer there uh but yeah i'm a little bit surprised because at last i heard of that he was uh marcus washington i should say was trying to get a medical waiver right. exemption right. for right. uh for uh same as casey thompson did so casey thompson can have an extra year of eligibility speaking um, of but, casey do you think because he's looking to transfer yeah <laughs> yeah i saw that and I, I think we talked about that on our yeah, on yeah. our last true episode yeah. that wasn't an emergency podcast um I mean, he could come to Nebraska. I don't think he will anymore. I think what I said on that episode was that if Dylan Earl doesn't commit, then Casey might come. But uh, Dylan posted uh, some definition of success or something like that on his Twitter or Instagram or something uh, a couple days before he committed, and Casey just posted that a week ago or something. So, I mean, obviously that's reading the tea leaves really, really deeply there. Uh, so we'll see, but I don't think there's a reason for him to come. I don't think he's going to play at all, and he needs to play because this is his guaranteed last season 
Uh, so I, I don't know if he stays at Florida Atlantic. I think he can have some success. Florida Atlantic has a decent offense. I don't know where he'd really go. I know that he wants to, as you said, he wants to transfer out. So we'll see what happens with him there, but that'll be pretty interesting to, to see. But, uh, yeah, as far as Marcus Washington goes, yeah, I am a bit surprised that he decided to enter the draft. Cause I think if he came back this year, he could, uh, be a real leader in that wide receiver room and, and help right. these guys out a lot and kind of develop those leadership skills as well as I think he'd get a lot more touches because he's experienced and because these guys are young, uh, even Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd, they have mistakes that they make and they'll still make mistakes this year. And if you could just have some guy like Marcus Washington, who just is uh, you can know and have confidence in that you're going to be able to throw the ball to, he'll get you 10 to 15 yards, uh, and, and you don't really have to worry about it. That's always nice to have. So, uh, but best of luck to him. I honest opinion, I don't think he's going to get drafted. Uh, he might sign a free agent, but we'll see what happens with him when the draft comes around in April. As far as uh, recruiting class goes, I think we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, let's move on to a couple other non-Nebraska specific related news. Uh, a lot of bowl games have been played and that kind of stuff. Uh, we talk about Northwestern real quick. They won their bowl game eight, eight and five. Nebraska beat an eight and five Northwestern uh, this year and failed to make a bowl game. So if that doesn't t- twist the knife just a little bit more. Uh, they beat they beat Utah uh, fourteen to seven in the Las Vegas Bowl. I started watching this game because I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of fun, like Northwestern Utah. And then I forgot Northwestern doesn't have an offense, and Utah doesn't have an offense either because Northwestern's defense is pretty good. Um, so. I mean, kudos to them. David Braun, uh, with everything that went on with that program, That's so amazing. close to the beginning That's of the amazing. season. That is that is an amazing story for him. And if they don't sign him to be the full uh, head coach uh, oh, next year, I think, I, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Then they made the right move there. He's done a great job there. <clears throat> and I don't see why not. He can't, why he can't uh, help them get uh, even more success there. So we'll see. But they went from 1 and 11 last year to, uh, Eight and nine. Eight and five this year. Or eight and five, sorry. Eight and nine. What the heck? Um, yeah, eight and five. So uh so there's no reason Nebraska can't do the same thing from from a five and seven to a ten and something, or we'll see what happens there. Um Northern Illinois won its bowl game as well and Pretty it, that game got kind of fun. Uh, they won against Arkansas State in the Camellia Bowl, I, th- I think is what that was called. I don't know. I there's all these sponsors that just sponsored the Bulls just to get a name on it. So uh, I don't remember. I just know that they played each other and uh, they beat Arkansas State 21 to 19, ended the year seven and six. Another winning team that Nebraska beat. Um, yeah. and uh, so that's another, I mean. Another team that is good that Nebraska actually ended up beating. So there's a little bit of hope. Uh, Air Force beat James Madison in the Armed Forces Bowl. James Madison, of course, uh, if James Madison and Jacksonville State are not in the the FBS this year and don't win as much as they do, uh, Nebraska might have been in a bowl game at 5-7 and because James Madison and Jacksonville State took spots from teams that – because there weren't enough six win teams and James Madison was complaining about everything. And uh, I mean, I mean, rightly, so you go, you go 11 and one in a season. Uh, you can't play for your conference championship game and you get gypped of a bowl game in your first season in the FBS. Like, okay, I can understand that why you'd be upset about that. James Madison was still really good in the FCS up in the top 10 every single year. So North Dakota States come in and like those, those top teams have come in and beat some better 
uh, mm-hmm. FBS teams before. So I'm not really surprised that when you stick James Madison in a crap conference, that is this conference. US, or, uh, yeah. Conference USA, I believe is what they're in, or maybe the Sun Belt. Um, and they go 11 and one and they lose to app state, which that was weird. Uh, I think they lost in overtime. That was, they hosted game day and that's when ESPN was getting on their side about their plea against the NCAA for, we need to be in a bowl game and all this kind of stuff. And as I said, I understand it, but like, you gotta, you gotta back it up. If you want, if you're going to be in a bowl game, you better win. Uh, and air force just runs the option beautifully. And uh, air force football is the most, is some of the most boring football to watch, but it is the some of the hardest to play against. Um, so Air Force ends up winning that one pretty handily, I believe. I believe they won by 11 uh, or, or something like that. Uh, as far as Big Ten Bowl games go, uh, not a lot of these have been played yet. Um, Minnesota takes on Bowling Green. I believe that's tonight. Um, uh, yeah. The Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's uh, favored by three and a half. Rutgers is... Uh, playing Miami in a bowl. Uh, I think Miami will probably win that one, but uh, Miami's Miami's favored by one in that one. Uh, Ohio State's playing against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Ohio State's favored by only one, which I'm kind of surprised. I heard that Missouri has a couple starters out for that game. Uh, Penn State and Mississippi are playing in the uh, Peach Bowl, I believe. Uh, Penn State's favored by four. That game could get interesting. I think that game could either be very boring to watch because one team will destroy the other, or it'll be very lopsided. Or, sorry, or it'll be very uh, electric offensively. It just depends on where Penn State's offense decides to show up. Uh, Maryland's playing Auburn. Uh, I forget what bowl that's in, but uh, Auburn's favored by seven there. That might be a bit much, uh, but of course, I don't know all the people that have transferred out or not are opting out of these games. Uh, Iowa is playing Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Tennessee's favored by eight. Probably should be more. I bet you the line for that game is like 12 and a half. Uh, or sorry, the, the over-under is probably like 12 and a half for that game, knowing it's Iowa's offense. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I might get to go watch that game. Uh, so I might have a first-hand take on that guy when we come back uh, for the new year. Uh, and then Wisconsin is playing LSU. Uh, LSU is favored by nine and a half. I don't know if Jaden Daniels is sitting out for that yet. My guess is he probably will, but I think LSU will still destroy Wisconsin. Uh, and then we get to the college football playoff games. Michigan taking on Alabama. Michigan only favored by one. I can understand that out of the way Alabama has been playing. Uh, and then the other game, Texas is favored by four against Washington. Uh, what do you think? I mean, you can you can give some thoughts on those other Big Ten games, real Big Ten bowl games, real quick, Grandpa. But really, I'd like to talk or finish up our episode here talking about the college football playoff final four here. Uh, so, what are, what are your thoughts on any of that stuff? Well, when you and I, I think, did our last regular podcast, I think I picked uh, Michigan to beat Alabama, but that was before Alabama went down to Georgia and, and beat Georgia, the defending two time defending national champions, uh, and they beat them in their backyard. Uh, that And they, they now have a quarterback, Bama does. It yeah. should be a really good, close game, but I think Alabama's going to pull that one out. I, yeah. I, I, I'll i be rooting for Michigan because of the Big Ten. And, uh, and Texas is favored by four over Washington. I, you know, I, I've seen both teams play. I like Washington a lot. I, I think Washington's going to upset Texas, and I would be rooting for Washington because I don't like Texas. Okay. That's an interesting pick there on that last one. For me, I think I'd go with you on the Alabama one. 
Uh, I would take the points on that too. Uh, I think Alabama's going to win by maybe a touchdown, uh, but I think it'll be back and forth game for sure. Michigan's offense. Uh, if it can get going against Alabama's defense, Alabama's defense is not what it usually is. I will say that that's their one. That's one of their weaknesses uh, that uh, Auburn kind of exploited a little bit. And we saw that in the iron bowl and uh, they, they really locked down Georgia um, in the, in the sec championship game. But, uh, I, I think that Alabama's defense is definitely its weakness. As far as Michigan goes, uh, I would like this. I mean, they have a they have a good storyline kind of of why they'd like to win with all this stupid suspension stuff with Jim Harbaugh and the the sign stealing scandal and everything that's going down. It's just honestly become laughable at this point uh, with the NCAA, and it's just kind of a funny. Uh, it's just a funny story. I mean, it sucks for Michigan fans, of course. The Michigan fans have a right to be mad about it, but everyone else is just. This is why we love college football because of the the inconsistency and Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for the first four games and then the last four games of the regular season, and then he's back for the Big Ten championship game and back for this game and. Uh, so we'll see. And then of course, uh, there's rumors of Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL again and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things going on for Michigan, which would just, you would just like them to be able to win a national championship, especially after last year, they've set themselves up probably, honestly, I think this year is the year to not have the one seed. Cause I think Alabama is scarier than Texas or Washington. I think Michigan could beat Texas or Washington, but when it comes to Alabama, I think Alabama is a better team. I'm going to take Alabama uh, plus a points. As I said, it's only Michigan's only favored by one. So, okay. Right. Uh, they we win by two. Like that. that so who that do you like in Texas and Washington, Texas, Washington? I think, uh, I mean, Washington has gone through really a gauntlet in the PAC 12 this year, which is a weird thing to say. The PAC 12 is not usually super difficult, but this year uh, in his last year, uh, fittingly uh, it just was so entertaining to watch. The PAC 12 was just, probably the strongest conference in all of college football this year. I think that might be a, a, a bold take, but just looking at the team's records and who they're playing against every week to week, you're playing against these highly rated teams. Uh, and I mean, Utah finished eight and eight and five, I think as well. They're not a bad team. Uh, they lost to, they lost to Oregon. They lost to Washington. Now they lost a couple other teams. They shouldn't, I believe, but uh, still it's like the PAC 12 is not a, uh, a, uh, a terrible conference to play in. So saying all that though, I think Texas just watching their offense with Quinn Ewers and all these wide receivers and just the explosiveness and, and, and the way that Sarkeesian's come in there and just really revamp Texas and help them get back to Texas being back in legitimate uh, in college football. I think Texas is going to want it more than Washington and when it comes down to it, because Texas has just been dogged on for so many years now of uh, they're never going to be back. They're never going to be good. Everyone always says, oh, Texas are going to be back. And then at the end of the year, oh, another disappointment. They're not. Uh, but I, I think Texas just has more, uh, slightly more fuel, which Washington, of course, both these teams want it. It's a, it's a national semifinal. Uh, it, but I think Texas just has that built up. Uh, frustration and uh, and drive that Washington just can't match because they haven't had that. Washington's been good. They've been to the playoff before. Uh, not with this team, obviously. It was with Jake Browning and uh, and they got shellacked by Alabama and the, they were the they were the uh, four seed in that one. And that was in like 2017 or something like that. I forget specifically the year, but I like Texas in that game. I I think Washington's offense will carry them for a bit. Uh, 
I think that Washington's defense is its biggest weakness. Uh, and, and as we saw in the Pac-12 this year, if Oregon was able to play the first half of that Pac-12 championship game, Washington's not in the playoff right now because Oregon really just dug itself into a hole going down 20 to seven uh, at, at half or 2014, I forget, but uh, 20, I think it was 20 to seven at half and really just dug themselves into too deep of a hole to climb out of. Texas will not do the same thing. I'm going to take Texas plus the points there. I think Texas will win by seven or more in that game, but I think that game will definitely be a shootout because Texas's defense is good. But of course, we've only seen that against Big Twelve teams. Who, well, and there's a lot of variance there. Texas and to start the season went down to Alabama and beat them, and that that's right. But they uh, Alabama didn't have a quarterback then right um, it was uh, it was the same it was the same team roster wise they did start yeah. alabama did start jalen milrow who's their quarterback right now and has been playing phenomenally as of recently um so i i think that uh it's it's gonna be interesting and of course that's texas's biggest win of the season they lost to oklahoma when it mattered most in the cotton bowl uh but uh they ended up getting to the big 12 championship anyway and just destroying oklahoma state uh so I mean, it'll be a good game. It'll definitely be a shootout for sure. That game, I'm more confident saying that game's going to be a shootout uh, than the Michigan-Alabama one. I think that could turn into a defensive struggle, but I'm going to take Texas plus the points there. I think that uh, Washington just, their defense just isn't good enough uh, when it comes to this. And of course, defense wins championships. I think whoever wins the Michigan-Alabama game is going to win the national championship. And I don't think it'll be as close. It'll be closer than sixty-five to seven from last year, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, I think you're spot on with that. I I think whoever wins that Michigan Alabama game wins the national championship. I don't I don't see Washington or Texas uh, being national champs. I, I I just don't see that. Yep. Uh, all right. A couple more real quick points before we wrap up here. Uh, as I said, Chubba Pert is transferring out. Florida State is looking for a new quarterback. Tate Rodemaker uh, is decided to transfer. He's their backup uh, for Jordan Travis. I don't know if Jordan Travis will be able to come back next year. I don't think so. Um, and uh, the Seminoles went 13-0. and uh, Tate Rodemaker's not playing in their bowl game against Georgia, which is just kind of sad for – I feel bad for Florida State fans. Uh, of course, I usually don't like to say that, but – uh, just the fact that uh, they've kind of got gypped a little bit. And there's all this stuff now of just like they're taking it to a political level, which I think is wrong to do. Uh, if you feel like like the committee's going to make decisions based off of how good they think your record is, and if you play in a conference that doesn't let you play teams that are that good, then okay, I'm sorry, but you went 13 and 0, but your quarterback's out. We there's a certain amount of money. We've talked about this before, of course, but there's a certain amount of money that is made from all this stuff. So uh, it still kind of sucks for them that they're going to get absolutely shellacked in their bowl game by Georgia, who everyone's playing for. Uh, yeah. and, and and there's not a lot of opt outs. Uh, finally, here Rice is playing Texas State in a bowl game coming up here this week. Uh, no, this afternoon. Features, this afternoon. This afternoon. Sorry. Yep. Uh, features former Husker quarterback Luke McCaffrey playing wide receiver. For the Rice Owls. Uh, He's been playing pretty well this year. So uh, best of luck to them. We will be back in the new year for you guys in 2024. It's been quite the fun year with Nebraska football. where There's been a lot of uh, joy and tears as well. Speaking mostly of the Iowa game. Uh, But uh, we will be back with more How About Them Huskers coming up in the new year. Go tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show. And most importantly, go Big Brains.